0: This is the Pain Information Network. Hi, Ross. Ross's uh, question, good one too. Please talk about options for neuropathic pain caused by MS. That's multiple sclerosis. I don't know where the sclerosis comes from. It's an old contemporary term, but it's a complicated disease. Include your opinion on Cymbalta, which is duloxetine, Versus amitriptyline, which is l Which one is safer, has less side effects, more effective, etc.? And, uh, yeah, okay, I'm going to get to these questions. I'm just going to go one at a time and we're going to get through them. But this is a really good one. And I recently got this from Ross. And, you know, if you have a question, please go to paininformation.com. It's, it's one of these things I'm going to be knocking out one by one. I, um, Have Gary and a few others here. I'm going to get to Gary's question is uh, about uh, opioids, a really good question to Gary's PA. I'm going to get to him and a few others, Susan and like. Um, But they're going to require at least uh, 15 to 20 minutes of discussion, probably longer, and uh, I want to do it right. Ross, let's get to your uh, question about MS because this is uh, a really good question and it affects a lot of people. And people just wanna know what in the heck this is all about. Well, we talk about pain inside out as opposed to outside in. And you've heard me say this many times. This is an inside out pain. This is a central nervous system type pain. And those types of pains are very difficult to treat. Did I say impossible to treat? No, I didn't say that. It's just difficult. So we have to have a a clear strategy, but more importantly, we have to understand the problem. Rule three. Do you remember rule three? If you don't believe in the diagnosis or you think it's entirely psychosomatic, you've got to re- re- refer it out. And rule four, rule four is you got to know your drugs. Five classes and five drugs in each class. So the five classes here relevant to us are anticonvulsants, which uh, duloxetine is, that's Cymbalta, amitriptyline, uh, that's an antidepressant, and we also have to know opioids. So We're going to really dive into this. Uh, Gabapentinoids, I'm going to put aside. That's uh, something we'll talk about later. So this is a a disorder of the central nervous system. You know, it's uh, one of those things that we have trouble wrapping our arms around, particularly in the early stages. The early stages of this disease might show up with a little optic nerve problem. Uh, You have a little blurred or... uh, kind of almost a blindness type scenario that is transit comes and goes and you go what was that or you have muscle weakness uh, some numbness you just don't feel coordinated some people have trouble with their speech some people have bowel or bladder problems and it comes and goes so what causes this well I wish I knew but it, there's an interesting uh, correlation because it tends to be in more temperate climates in other words Warmer temperature regions, you can kind of see a line where you see less of it up north, and and I'm in the northern hemisphere, and and you see more of a prevalence in the southern part of that line. So it makes you kind of think: Well, is this a pathogen? Is this like a virus or some kind of trigger? Might be. Might be autoimmune. You might also have a genetic predisposition. I kind of think of this as a complex problem. It's probably got all of those things. So what happens? All right. With multiple uh, sclerosis, you, you just got to look at it. It's just plain unpredictable. Um, it's sometimes absolutely really benign. You've got it and you consider it an annoyance and um, you go on. Other times it progresses and it uh, progresses kind of fast to uh, almost uh, debilitating within a year or two, and then it can even be fatal. But we're not going to dwell on that. That's the other end of the spectrum. Most of the time, some, so most most of the time, people are in the middle. So it has to do with the immune system, probably, and its attack on myelin. Myelin is a covering around nerves, an axon. So it's kind of, yeah, it's like a wire where there's a covering on the outside and then the conductor on the inside. But the difference with myelin is it's a uh, kind of this uh, fatty covering over a axon with nodes of Ranvier. Nodes of Ranvier accelerate conduction down the nerve. So if you don't have this myelin on the outside or if it's somehow um messed up from one process or another you interfere with conduction therefore you interfere with the ability to naturally either uh, walk talk see or whatever that nerve is doing a lot of times people have problems with balance that's pretty much the biggest thing with ms i don't want to go too far into the weeds but there's association with plaque and uh, nerve cell problems um, and uh, these these problems of demyelination, that's what it's called, uh, can progress and it can affect females more than men and age around 20 to 40. It can be uh, older folks and younger folks too, but that's kind of the age range. So what does that have to do with pain? Well, uh, this is a frequently disabling problem. It's what we call one of those diseases that interfere with motor, sensory, and cognitive development and uh, persistent uh, activity, and it can affect young adults, uh, two million people globally. The prevalence and incidence of this store- disorder is two to three-fold higher in females compared to males, so um, that's, that's important. Because we always have to be thinking of the differential diagnosis, which is big. And when a neurological problem is in play, you have to think of many different things as you narrow it down. And I didn't know this, but it's uh, the most common neurological disease in young adults. Uh, So we have to be thinking of these things in our differential diagnosis. What could it be? Remember, rule one, you must have a diagnosis. And you have to understand that it's not always apparent because you don't have specific laboratory tests or imaging or or anything in the early going that's just going to nail it. Now, as the disease progresses, you can kind of figure it out. You get your MRIs. You do your um, sampling from the cerebral spinal fluid, which shows certain changes in that fluid. But eventually the pathological hallmark um, is uh, lesions that show this kind of discrete or focally demyelinated areas in the central nervous system, particularly in the white matter. That's that myelin, and this can lead to central pain uh, problems. So let's let's get to the drugs. All right, duloxetine. Duloxetine is a really good drug, D-U-L-O-X-E-T-I-N-E. In America, it's also called Cymbalta by uh, its non-generic name. And it's responsible for selective uh, neurotransmitter reuptake of serotonin and uh, norepinephrine. It has a weak effect on dopamine. So let's just call it an SNRI, or uh, serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor. Elavil is a tricyclic antidepressant. And you think, as long as this drug's been around, we'd really know how it works, but we really don't have it nailed down. But it works, and it works on uh, uh, depressive disorders and anxiety, so does duloxetine. But the the thing about amitriptyline is the side effects are a little rougher. You have to get the dose up pretty high, and there's a small little window before you get the antidepressant effect. So you get your dry mouth, dry eyes, you get uh, constipation. You really, you can have some problems with this drug. So it's Pretty much uh, a historical drug in that regard, but it's really good in low dose for myofascial pain, uh, some sleep and fibromyalgia. Of course, uh, both drugs, you've got to talk about suicidality or the risk of suicide. And I don't know which came first, the psych, you know the psychological disorder of situational depression anxiety, or the fact you're taking this drug, but that's a question you have to ask every time that you see the patient have you felt like harming self or others it's just really important to understand and document that because it does happen and if we have another drug or if we can intervene uh, let's do it so uh, both drugs you got to be careful in pregnancy and talk it over with your care provider so have these things in the back of your mind uh, when you're and taking either one of these drugs know that they work inside out they work in the central nervous system they're both really good drugs but they do have side effects now as far as duloxetine you're going to uh, address major depressive disorder and anxiety but it's also labeled for low back pain fibromyalgia and neuropathic pain so that's a good thing and It's um, a frontline drug for many of us, and we like to use it because there's some pretty good data that supports it works well here. It probably has less side effects, and whenever I talk about a drug or whenever I talk about uh, medications, I want you to know you have to talk this over with your uh, prescribing physician. This is just an informational show. I'm not telling you what to get on. These drugs all have side effects, and everybody has a comorbidity or has other medications they're on that can interact. Everybody's different, so talk it over, and um, I'm just trying to spirit this conversation. But I I like uh, duloxetine for diabetic peripheral neuropathy, anxiety, major depressive disorders. And yeah, we use it for fibromyalgia. Uh, There's a couple other drugs that are really good, too. And venlafaxine is a good drug. It works similar to uh, duloxetine. Duloxetine has a dual mechanism with norepinephrine and serotonin. And so does venlafaxine. Both are generic. Both have a long-acting and short-acting form. So they're good to talk about, uh, particularly with your care provider, if one... One doesn't work out you've got an alternative now there is a systematic review out there that does place tricyclic antidepressants um, ahead of duloxetine and efficacy but yeah like i said tricyclics come with baggage same with opioids yeah they may work a little better and opioids uh, are generally uh, resistant to neuropathic problems But they do sometimes work, so let's just look at it like this. If you use these drugs in combination, opioids, duloxetine, opioids, amitriptyline, 1 plus 1 equals 3. In other words, they may be synergistic and can be very helpful. So, Ross, let me uh, sum it up here. They're both really good with neuropathic pain. I do tend to use Cymbalta more than amitriptyline. Uh, particularly uh, in the elderly. Uh, amitriptyline can cause blood pressure problems. It can cause constipation, dry mouth, dry eyes and a lot of other uh, issues that I just want to avoid unless I keep it very low dose. 25 milligrams at HS or nighttime, night uh, Amitriptyline tends to work a little better with sleep. I just like it better with sleep. And it is not really habit-forming. Cymbalta is not really habit-forming either, but Generally speaking, it's easier to use. So talk this over with your care provider. Uh, I, I think neuropathic pain is one of those things that I'm going to have to revisit because it's a huge subject. When it comes to MS, um, we can do a lot. So it, it's an active conversation. It's not one drug. It's not one treatment. And uh, don't forget the other stuff out there, the adjuncts, the gabapentinoids, the stimulation, and that sort of thing. So make uh, an make uh, effort to write down your questions, talk it over with your care provider, and uh, we'll continue the questions, and we will see you next week.